There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello, everyone. Andrew Estes, more columnist from the Tennessean here. And we're Talkin' Titans after the 2020 NFL Draft. I'm joined by... Eric Backrack, Titans beat writer for the Tennessean. Yeah, and Eric, it was... Uh, it was good to have some sports to watch, if nothing else, over the course of the weekend. A, a weird draft, but uh, the Titans come away with uh, with six players. And uh, I guess, what was your take on, on the weekend and what the Titans were able to do? You know, I, I think, Gentry, for the most part, I think I think they did a good job. You know, we, we graded them on a video that we had done uh, a day yesterday, and, uh, you know, I gave them a B plus. Uh, you know, I, I think they did a solid job. I think there were some areas they didn't address. Wide receivers is one that sticks out, um, especially given, given this year's depth at that position in the draft. Then again, you know, next year's wide receiver draft class is supposedly going to be just as deep, maybe even deeper. You know, so, so maybe there was some strategy there. I, I think for the most part... They hit on the areas they needed to hit on. You know, I, I think going Isaiah Wilson in the first round caught a lot of us by surprise. Uh, but I think by by that same token, I think going Christian Fulton in the second round was a surprise just in the fact that, I, you know, I don't know how many people had him there. I think he really was a steal in the second round. And um, he was, to me, he was one of the few guys um, that I might have picked in, in a mock draft to the Titans in the first round. So, you know, I think in the end uh, it was kind of a weird way of, of getting from A to B, but I, I think they got there. And, uh, you know, if, if again, if you told me that they'd end up with Wilson uh, and Fulton and then, uh, you know, addressed running back in the, in the third round, I would have thought that would have been a fine day one and day two of the draft. I don't know if, if you've got similar thoughts on that. Yeah, the Wilson pick to me, did it did feel like a reach when it happened. Uh, to, to me, I, I kind of struggled to make sense of taking what most would view as a project uh, at tackle, a guy that, that may not be able to come in and start right away uh, in a scenario where you you didn't move to keep Jack Conklin at right tackle in, in what would have been an expensive but doable uh, total for what he ended up going to Cleveland for. And then you spend the money to retain Dennis Kelly. Now, when that happens, you kind of figure, okay, well, well Dennis Kelly's kind of penciled in there as the right tackle now. And then you spend a first-round draft pick on a guy uh, who uh, he does—he he did fit the Titans in that, you know, Isaiah Wilson, a, a big guy, uh, he, he fits their approach from a, the, the standpoint of they want to run the ball, they want to be physical. I mean, he absolutely does does fit that, but. Uh, he would be viewed as a project. He's a, he's a younger player, kind of. He was a big-time recruit who took a little time to develop at Georgia and is probably still developing. So you take him with your first-round pick at the expense of some other needs, most notably cornerback. Now, it did work out for them with, with Fulton in the second round. I thought the Titans kind of gambled a little bit that, that a guy they wanted was still going to be there late in the second round, and, and he was. They got fortunate, in, I think, in that Christian Fulton still was there. Um, as you look at the overall draft class, yeah, they address some needs, uh, they check some boxes. It's, it's a harder for me to see really how you, you improve. You didn't really 
go outside of the mold of what you, you are as a team. You just kind of replaced guys who left along the way. Um, you know, that, that could be an effective strategy. I don't think that's a bad draft by any means, but I don't think it was wildly successful either, um, which, which granted, Eric, when you're picking 29th, it's probably not going to be. Yeah, and one you're one of the more successful teams in the league. A, a lot of what you do is going to be, you know, replacing talent that you're just you're just not able to keep because it's you know it's a cost thing um, rather than in, improving. And I think you know I think we all kind of wanted to see the Titans do something in the first round that um, you know this is a team that is looking to get over the next hump, which is, um, you know, for a team that just went to the AFC Championship game, that is getting to the Super Bowl. And taking a guy that, uh, you know, might not be a day-one starter, could be a project-type guy uh, at a position where you, you just re-sign somebody to be the starter is, you know, I understand, you know, the, the frustration from the fans there and kind of just the perplexing nature of, of that type of pick. But, um, you know, Del- Dennis Kelly's 30 years old. We've seen... Uh, the issues that the Titans have had at tackle when it comes to just keeping guys healthy. Both uh, Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin were injured over the past couple of seasons, and Kelly had to play on both sides of the line. So we know the value of having depth at that position. You know, Wilson is a guy who I believe he's 21 years old. You know, so even if he doesn't start this year by, by next season, when he, in his age 22 season, he's young, he's ready to come in, he's been groomed for a year. You know, I, I think there's a lot to like with it. Um, you know, again, I think a big part of, of why they took him where they did is just the drop-off at tackle was steeper than at any other position when it comes to talent. You know, you could find a, a, a cornerback on day two, even even early day three, I think. Same with a couple of other positions. But but tackle, you know, if if you let that position go after day one, it becomes much more of, of kind of this uh, stab-in-the-dark type of situation, I think. So I, I see where they're coming from. I think it all worked out in the end. You know, w- there, was, there was a couple other guys on the board uh, at tackle that I might have thought the Titans would have picked over them, but those guys, you know, th- th- there was a couple that didn't end up going in, until late in the second round anyway. So it, it was head-scratching. In the end, it kind of worked itself out, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out and, and how... Isaiah Wilson kind of fits in during an offseason where nothing is really normal. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think the balance is, is very firmly sort of tipped in Dennis Kelly's favor. Uh, probably during a normal offseason, given his experience, his um, success, uh, you know, in, in the role in, in the past, as far as starting uh, at, at both uh, right tackle and left tackle. Uh, but also just given, given the, the nature of, of the landscape that we're dealing with now, you know, with, with the pandemic affecting things. So uh, it'll be interesting, Gentry. I was, I was certainly kind of caught off guard a little bit there in the first round as well. Well, and as you go through the, the draft, there, there were a couple of positions that kind of jumped out to me as, okay, they didn't address that. Ed Rusher being the big one, and we'll talk more about that later in terms of how it relates to what's going on with the baby and the clowny. And, and that, that could certainly reshape our receptions of their offseason pretty quickly if that was to go down. Um, but also you had wide receiver. Wide receiver was a spot that, that I've kind of said for a while that I felt like Titans really really could get better, um, you know, and especially in a situation where maybe Corey Davis isn't going to be around uh, a lot longer beyond this season. And, uh, you know, you have A.J. Brown, you have Adam Humphrey signed for a few years. 
but they're in a position where they're going to have to rely on some guys who maybe wouldn't be considered top talent at receiver with guys like Tajay Sharp having moved on. So I, I think there was room to get better there, and they didn't address wide receiver despite the fact that it was a very deep group uh, this year in the draft. You know, so much that a guy like Juwan Jennings, and I'm not saying Juwan Jennings would have been a good fit for the Titans, but but he goes in the seventh round of this draft. You you that you know you had a guy like Kalijah Liskum at Vanderbilt who didn't get drafted at all. That that just shows the the level of talent I think he had at receiver in this draft. Uh, they did get a quarterback late, Eric and, and Cole McDonald. That was an interesting spot to me in the fifth round. Uh, you had Jake Fromm at Georgia who continued to fall, and he got close to the Titans there in the fifth round. He was taking, I guess, three, four picks before the Titans went. Had, had they made a little bit of a move to, to move up and get that guy, I think that's, that's somebody that you would view as a clear backup uh, to Ryan Tannehill. Right now with Cole McDonald, again, he's a little bit more of a, of a project, I think, that, than certainly Fromm would have been. And now you kind of go into this as, well, is he the backup? Is Logan Woodside going to How is this going to go? Um, and to me, that's a real concern. The Titans proved more than any team last season how important it is to have a good, reliable, strong backup quarterback. It can change your whole season. And if they don't have that going into next season, that to me is a bit of a concern. Instead of, of getting a quarterback there with that with the third round pick or the fifth round pick, you know the Titans went for running back in third round and then a backup D lineman in, in the fifth round. Um, again, these are all meat and potatoes, good solid depth picks, but they weren't picks that really changed what they were. And maybe that was the plan. Yeah, and, and as, as far as quarterback goes, you know, I mean. Obviously, that that's a good point that you make. Ryan Tannehill, you know, his last few years in Miami wasn't exactly this model of, of consistent health. Uh, he's a guy that uh, I think over his last three years in Miami, you know, he missed all of 2017. I think he ended up missing close to half of, of all the games he could have started in. So having a backup for him is going to be, you know, a really important thing. You know, McDonald was a guy to me that was – Certainly on the radar, uh, I actually had him in my mock to go into the Titans in the seventh round, so I wasn't, wasn't overly surprised. But as far as how he factors into the backup quarterback uh, sort of race, you know, it, it's, to me, it's, again, it's a similar situation with Dennis Kelly and uh, Isaiah Wilson. I think the guy that has the experience that has been in the system clearly has the advantage, and I think that's no different with, with Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald. And I, I certainly think McDonald is, is more of a project-type guy. I think, you know, Pat O'Hare is probably really anxious to get his hands on him, Titans quarterback coach, and, and see what he's got and, and work with him. You know, something that came up just in talking with him and doing research on him is, is that he's, he's working on shortening his throwing motion. He posted a couple clips to Instagram recently of him kind of going through his, his throwing motion in, in sort of short components that's just as a means of, of trying to correct that, but that to me seems like a really significant problem and one that is baked in there well. It's going to take a lot to sort of get him out of that. So, I, you know, I think, I think McDonald is more of a project-type guy. I think the Titans are, are probably comfortable going with Logan Woodside as, as the backup, you know, if, if it comes to pass where Tannehill gets hurt and, and Woodside is in there. I don't know if I'm a Titans fan how confident I feel with him running the show, but I, I think... 
um, if you're the Titans, just the experience factor. He's, he's you know, at this point, the longest tenured Titan um, in the quarterback room. I, I think that that counts for a lot in an offseason where there's so much uncertainty. So um, I like the McDonald pick just because, you know, in the seventh round, you're going to be taking some shots, some flyers, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what comes of McDonald and uh, how he develops. And at least that adds, you know, some competition to the quarterback room. But to me, it's, it's not off the table that the Titans still go out and, and find a veteran um, if they don't, in fact, feel comfortable with Logan Woodside as the starting quarterback. There's a few of them out there, uh, veteran quarterbacks, that, that could make sense that, you know, have been in the league, have started games in the league that, you know, you wouldn't feel maybe as, as unsure about with, with Logan Woodside. So, so we'll see. That, that, to me, is an interesting position going forward just because you said if anything – if anything from twenty, if there's anything we learned from 2019, it's just how valuable that backup quarterback position is. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case again this upcoming season. Yeah, and Eric, we talked about about earlier, and and uh, you know we'll see what happens with Christian Fulton and Isaiah Wilson. But I mean, you really might see a scenario where none of these Titans draft picks are starting day one, and that again, doesn't necessarily make a bad draft. It just wasn't a draft that really changed a lot of who, who they are. And you, you can make a case, given what happened in the playoffs last year, <laughs> what they are works. Uh, this is a team that almost made the Super Bowl. But I, I tend to take the view that they didn't make the Super Bowl, that they got overwhelmed by Kansas City that's not going anywhere uh, in the AFC for a while, as long as Patrick Mahomes is there. And you know, you, you have this window, right? And, and you feel like the Titans need to do something. They need to do something to take that next step and kind of in a win-now mentality. They just haven't shown that win-now mentality this offseason. It's been more of maintain the status quo if not try to save money. I mean, we got to, to trade Darrell Casey like that was, was a cost-saving move. We don't know yet what they're going to do with that money, and that kind of ties into – the speculation about uh, Jadavion Clowney, because that's been out there for so long. Uh, it's clearly a need for their defense that they needed to get better with the pass rush. You know, they signed Vic Beasley, but I just don't know if that really scratches the itch so much as, as bringing in a guy like Clowney would. Um, I don't know if you'd say they're putting all their eggs in that basket, Eric, but to not draft an edge rusher when some were available, some pretty good ones were available both in the first and the second round and they go another direction, I guess that was a little bit of a tell for what they might be expecting here, but we'll have to see. Yeah, you know, John Robinson addressed that in, in the Zoom call afterward and, and said that the draft is its own entity, didn't really affect their approach, and, and I totally buy that for, you know, day three, maybe even day, late day two as far as, you know, if, if they draft a guy in the seventh round, I don't think that has any bearing on what they're doing with, with the rest of free agency. But I, I certainly think it could have maybe shaped their perspective at least a little in, in the first round when you have guys on the board that make sense. You know, because if, if you draft a, you know, an edge rusher and then, you you know, the next day, next couple of days, you come out and sign to Davion Clowney, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know how great that recipe is when you, when you look at it just uh, on the whole. And that being said, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think a lot of, what the Titans have been doing is, is is less geared toward improving from the team that they were, you know, just a season ago and, and more kind of patching the holes of, of all these players that have left. They had something like 22 pending free agents heading into this offseason. That, that's a lot of 
players that John Robinson was tasked with uh, either re-signing or uh, replacing. And, uh, you know, to his credit, I don't think it's been, you know, as, as flashy as, um, you know, a lot of fans would like because a lot, of, a lot of the moves that they've done, again, have been just aimed at retooling and, and getting guys that they had last year back in the building. But if you do go out, if you are able to land a guy like Jadavion Clowney, I think that transforms the defense. I think that casts another light on, on the draft class. You know, I think that that certainly raises just the overall quality of the defense. And, you know, you bring back an offense, uh, essentially you bring back every piece of an offense uh, minus Jack Conklin, but you do bring in an offensive tackle that last year scored over 30 points a game from week 7 to 17. I think all of a sudden, you know, the Titans' uh, 2020 offseason goes from whatever grade you have, you have now to, to me, it, it certainly goes to something of an A in, in the A range if, if you're able to bring in Clowney. So we'll see how that that plays out. I think the Titans are still firmly in the mix. I just think it's something that, you know, if it continues to drag on, you know, I don't think that's going to surprise anybody. You have to believe, Eric, that, that to move Darrell Casey the way they did for next to nothing, there had to be a reason financially. You would assume it's Clowney. Everything that has played out since then would kind of say that it is. But you look and you say, well, okay, they haven't re-signed Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan hasn't signed with anyone else either. So you wonder a little bit where that – you would expect he's asking for, for a good bit of money. You know, Logan's a veteran. He's been through this before. He's probably asking for a good bet and being, being patient to see it play out. I don't think – it's completely outside the realm of possibility if he's still there and the clowny thing falls through. You got this money. I mean, Logan Ryan would be a good guy to have back, especially on a defense that it lost its defensive coordinator. I mean, Logan Ryan's about as much of a coach on the field as anybody on that team was. Yeah, and you still have. I mean, you still have room for a Jadavian Clowney type signing if if you can't reel him in. Uh, you, you still have some some money to spend. Uh, you don't have to spend it, but they they would have some extra cash at their disposal. You know, and I agree. I think Logan Ryan. I, I think all the veteran guys that they've lost. I think you know Casey. I think Delaney Walker. All of these guys, even even Marcus Mariota. All of those guys, you know, contributed to the leadership, to the just sort of DNA of this team, of of what it was, and who they who they are, who they were, and uh, it's it's very much the start of a new era of Titans football coming up, but if you're able to keep somebody like Logan Ryan in place, that, that sort of continues and, and perpetuates the values, the culture. You know, there are guys in the locker room, even in that position group, that, that are able to do that. You know, Kevin Byard uh, is, is certainly one of them. But, you know, again, I think Logan Ryan is a guy that, that really had a, a great season for the Titans last year. If you're able to, to bring him back, I think the question there is, is certainly money. Last I heard the figure he was reportedly seeking was $10 million or more, which, you know, is what he was getting per season each of the past three years with the Titans. That, that to me, is pretty steep for, for Logan Ryan, given where he is in his career. But, uh, again, if, if you lose out on everybody else and, and Logan Ryan is still there, it's, it's an interesting uh, just proposition for sure. Yeah, and I think that that cost speaks to the fact that he hasn't been snatched up by some other team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Conklin was... Uh, Mariota was, you know, but in in his case, he's kind of still out there, so it kind of makes you wonder where that's at. But um, I guess last thing, Eric, and this really ties into the whole offseason as we sit here and talk, and 
a Tuesday afternoon, you know, waiting on, on the clowning news or whatever. But my big question, it's been that way the whole time, is if you look at this team as it stands right now, how are they better than they were last season? Because I, I don't really have an answer for that. I, I Other than it's Tannehill's second year, it's Arthur Smith's second year as a play caller, um, you got A.J. Brown into his second season, he, he, he could really you know, have a, a kind of a sophomore breakout. But it's hard for me to see how this team is better now than they were at the end of last season. Yeah, I don't think they are, uh, just point blank. I, I don't. Uh, I think there's, you know, there's some merit to what you just said. I think just having Tannehill in the system for a second year, you know, he was, he was thrown into the fire when he was last year in the middle of the season. I think A.J. Brown in year two will be better than year one, just, just from a natural maturation standpoint. I think this offense, you know, again, it's, it's hard for, for anyone to reasonably expect 30 points a game over the course of a season, but just on the whole, you know, maybe not specifically when it comes to the points they score, you, you, I think it's fair to, to expect at least a continuation of what we saw this past season and, and maybe some strides, some subtle strides in other areas. But, yeah, defensively, just with what they lost, it, it is hard to say that. I, you know, I, I think of the guys they drafted, you know, I think Christian Fulton has a good shot of becoming a, a starter uh, for sure alongside uh, Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson. You know, but other than that, um, I, I'm not sure there's a starter in, in that draft class. You know, that, that's not why they drafted a guy like Darrington Evans. He's, he's the number two behind Derrick Henry, and I think that was, that was a good pick, uh, a low-key good pick. I think that there's a lot of promise there, and I think his skill set is, is what the Titans need to complement Derrick Henry. You know, but they had Deion Lewis last year, so you're replacing uh, Lewis, somebody you had, and, and I know he's somebody that— Exactly. How is this guy better than Deion Lewis? Yeah, so you know, I, I think I think all of those are reasonable questions. I think right now, I think the answer, definitively, at least on paper, is is no. It's it's not a stronger group. Uh, there, there's still some off season left for, you know, some more additions. Uh, but as it stands, I, I'd probably say that the team that made a run to the AFC Championship game is probably better than the team that they have right now, just by virtue of of so many players that they lost that were really key components to that run and, and uh, even more than that just going back to the leadership just you know such a big part of, of who the Titans were you know they, they just lost so many key guys in, in that regard so it's it is hard to say right now that they're better now than they were just a few months ago and maybe that's enough maybe it is but you, you're looking at a scenario where the Indianapolis Colts have reshaped themselves quite a bit yeah uh, this offseason the Texans may have taken a step back losing losing DeAndre Hopkins the way they did. And I don't know if the Jaguars are in any position to contend right now, but the Colts, I guess, would be the concern in the division. And then as you look around the, the AFC, the Chiefs and Ravens both have dynamic, young, good quarterbacks to the point that you know they're probably not going anywhere anytime soon. So as good as the Titans were in the postseason, uh, so much of that had to do with Derrick Henry and you know wanting to run him and, and use him the way they did. Just don't know if that's sustainable for a whole season. And the, the Titans, to me, just, they need to do something more. And the offseason's not over yet. It's not. So that could still happen. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, you know, I think I'm personally really looking forward to Titans-Colts this upcoming season. Uh, if you told me a year ago it was going to be Tannehill versus Phillip Rivers in that game, I just I would not have believed you. Uh, but I think, I think that's going to be the race in the AFC South. I don't really know what to make of, of the Texans just with all of the 
you know, confounding moves that they made. I, I really don't. You know, I think the Jaguars can, can st- are capable of stealing a game here or there, uh, but I, I do think it's going to be the Titans and the Colts. I, I, I think I'm still, as I said before, Gentry, I'm, I'm reserving judgment until we have the full picture, which, as you just kind of alluded to, I, I don't think we have yet. I think this clowny thing, he's got to end up somewhere. This thing has to run its course. There's still a couple other free agents, as we mentioned, Logan Ryan out there. I don't think the Titans are, are fully done yet, you know, whether that's a huge blast or, or, or some uh, more subtle moves. I, I think there's more to come. I think at that point we'll be able to, to fully size up uh, exactly what what they did and, and how well they did this offseason. All right, well, this has been another episode of Talking Titans. We appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't. You can find us pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, and we ask you to give us a rating as well. Uh, we love five stars, but uh, whatever you think will be better. Um, for our Eric Nassack, I'm Jesse Estes. Thanks for joining us. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean. 